opening hymn, which is Crown Him with Many Crowns. That's number 525 in your hymnal. Our responsive reading is the 23rd Psalm. 
The Lord is my shepherd. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Glory be to the Father and to the Son. As it was in the beginning, it is now, At such a time as this, we turn to the Word of God for our comfort and peace. The first reading is from the book of Revelation, chapter 2. And to the angel of the church in Smyrna write, The words of the first and the last who died and came to life. I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich, and the slander of those who say that they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and for ten days you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. For the one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. This is the word of the Lord. Two readings from the Gospel of John will remain seated for those today. The first from chapter 3, beginning at verse 9. Nicodemus said to Jesus, How can these things be? And Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This is the gospel of the Lord. And from chapter 15, beginning at verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, 
you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. But if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends, if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father, I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. This too is the gospel of the Lord. The next hymn is God Loved the World So That He Gave, number 571.
Please be seated. Will you all pray with me, please? Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text again from John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. So far the text for this morning. And so to Renee and Bob, dear family and friends of Bob, I do not know this for sure, but I am fairly certain that the moment that Bob met his Savior face to face, and he gazed upon the beauty of the Lord, that he made a very quick exit from that moment and promptly went looking for Maxine. And once he found her, he grabbed her hand and held it. And honestly, he probably hasn't let go of it yet. As his son Bob said so very well just the other day, Bob is today in heaven with the two loves of his life. First and foremost, his Lord Jesus. And second, his beloved wife, Maxine. Bob loved his wife deeply, and the two shared what could only be described as a love story that you only really often only read about in really good books. Many letters were shared back and forth as they were courting, and in fact, I believe that the family still has the first letter that Bob sent and wrote to his wife. And as I mentioned a moment ago, they loved to hold hands. (laughs) They loved it so much, in fact, that one day, a few years back, Bob and Susan had bought them a really nice new couch because they needed a new one. Well, there was one problem with the new couch. The love seat had an armrest in the middle of it. And the armrest was a problem. To most of us, it sounds like a really good deal, a nice resting place to put your arm when you want to relax. But for Bob and Maxine, quite honestly, they hated that couch. And they hated it because that armrest kept them from holding hands as they sat. So they gave it back, and I believe today it's, it's in Bob and Susan's house. And they got Bob and Maxine a different one, one more suitable for a pair of lovebirds such as they with no armrest. The love that Bob and Maxine shared could not help but spill over to the rest of their family. They, they both loved their family very, very much and were both so proud of them. I remember that Bob's spot in church was right there. It was right there. And most Sundays after worship, his favorite thing to do was to hold his great-granddaughter, McKenna, And you could see clear as day the biggest smile come over his face as he got to hold her. Yesterday I was able to see pictures with great-grandson Jace, and I saw the same smile on his face in those pictures as well. But the legacy that Bob leaves behind is more than the love that he had for his wife. It is more than the great love that he had for his whole family. No, the greatest legacy that Bob leaves behind is the legacy of his faith in Christ that he gave to his whole family. And it was also a legacy that he gave to many of us. And I have here today with me a part 
of that legacy. Bob had become quite adept at calligraphy, and he loved making artwork such as this, making John 3, 16 crosses for everyone, and I do mean everyone, that, that he met. And here is the one that he made for my family and I when he arrived as a member of Trinity here in Freistadt, and it reads, For God so loved the Slutton family that he gave his only begotten Son that if they believe in him, they shall not perish but have eternal life. John three sixteen. It is true when we say that Bob loved his Lord. You see, Bob is a baptized child of the Heavenly Father. Bob has been washed in the blood of the Lamb. His sins have been forgiven, erased. And the Lord has removed his sins from him as far as the east is from the west, which is to say a distance that cannot be measured. The text of John 3.16 comes actually at a very crucial point in John's Gospel, in which Jesus is having a conversation about being born again with a Pharisee of all people by the name of Nicodemus, who has come to him at night because he doesn't want to be seen talking to this man Jesus, whom he believes to have come from God. And this is Nicodemus' confession to which Jesus replies, Truly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. At this point, Nicodemus becomes really confused. And he's so confused that he asks Jesus, well, can a man go into his mother's womb a second time to be born? Jesus then clarifies, truly I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Still confused, Nicodemus asks him, well, how can these things be? And Jesus gives him this very powerful answer. He says, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen. And then in verse 16, Jesus lays it out for Nicodemus in a wonderfully simple way. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have eternal life. Growing up, This verse was always, to us, it was always called the main thing. The words that it could be said accurately that all of Scripture hinges on. Notice here that what Jesus doesn't say. He doesn't say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that those who believe and act right will be given eternal life. Notice that Jesus doesn't say, for God so loved the world and gave his only son so that those who believe that are good people will be given eternal life. Notice again that Jesus doesn't say, for God so loved the world so that he gave his only son so that those who believe and haven't committed the really bad sins will be given eternal life. You see, when it comes to the miracle of God's salvation in Christ, there is no resume required. If there was, not a single one of us here today or anywhere else would have the right one. Not a single one of us would have one that even comes close to measuring up. Instead, in John chapter 3, verse 16, we see the one thing that saves, belief in the Son of God. 
And according to the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 2, this belief comes to us, is given to us, not by any deep insight or some conjuring of our own, but just like when Peter, just a few weeks in the gospel lesson that we had a few weeks ago, made his confession about Christ. It has been revealed to us by God. Faith to believe in God's Son comes from the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus told Nicodemus that he must be born again of water and the Spirit. Because as a baptized child of God in that sacrament, when water and God's Word are combined to produce saving faith and an eternal washing away of sins, we are born anew to the blessings of the kingdom of God where there is always grace, where there is always mercy, where there is always life, where there is always healing. And always is there the open arms of the Father who wraps us in His strong and mighty arms and promises to never let go. Who promises you That sin, this day and every day, does not have the last word in your life. Instead, as Bob's confirmation verse says from Revelation 2.10 that was read by Pastor Marler, for the faithful, perhaps we can even say the faith-filled, the crown of life is ours in Christ Jesus. And so today, Bob wears that crown. Today, he who is the baptized, he who was born of water and of the Spirit, has been welcomed into his heavenly home after walking through the valley of the shadow of death with his Lord, who, sort of ironically enough for Bob, held his hand and led him through. Who led him by his hand through to the mansion of God's house where his room has been prepared. And so now Bob waits. He waits with Maxine and he waits with all of the saints in Christ for the day when there will be no more mourning or crying or pain. He waits for that day when the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ himself, comes with his angels and with the whole host of heaven. For on that day, as the Apostle Paul says, our bodies will be changed and they will be changed to be like the glorious body of Christ, whose own body still bears the marks of the nails that were pierced through him to hang him onto the cross. Nails that, and a cross that killed Bob's sin and killed your sin and killed mine. Why? Well, because God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Bob, today, is experiencing eternal life. And in fact, Bob experienced that even on this side of heaven, when he was here, when he was sitting there, Bob was experiencing eternal life even then. Because as a baptized child of the Heavenly Father, we are born again each day, anew, in Christ. Today, as the baptized, you live in eternal life. And if Bob could be here today to speak to us, he would have one message. He would tell each of you, and probably he would tell each of you individually because that's just the kind of personal man that he was. He would tell you this, that God kept his promise to me. 
He kept his promise to me because he so loved me. And so I'm sure that Bob would permit me to do this. I want to share the promise back to him and with you. For God so loved Bob that he gave his only begotten son that if he believed in him, he would not perish but have eternal life. And so God loves you that he gave his only begotten son that if you believe in him, that you will not perish, but you will have everlasting life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Please stand. We confess the words of our Christian faith together, using the words of the Apostles' Creed. It is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was Let us pray. Almighty God, you have knit your chosen people together in one communion, in the mystical body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Give to your whole church in heaven and on earth your light and your peace. Grant that all who have been baptized into Christ's death and resurrection may die to sin and rise to newness of life, and that through the gate of death and the grave we may pass with him to our joyful resurrection. Grant to your faithful people pardon and peace that we, that we may be cleansed from all our sins and serve you with a quiet mind. Grant to all who mourn trust in your loving care that casting all their sorrow on you, they may know the consolation of your love. Help us, we pray, in the midst of things that we cannot understand to believe in and find comfort in the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. God of all grace, you sent your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, to bring life and immortality to light. We give you thanks that by his death that he ended the power of death, and by his resurrection opened the kingdom of heaven to all believers. Ready us in the assurance that because he lives, we shall live also, and that neither death nor life nor things present nor things to come will be able to separate us from your love, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And so, together, we pray the prayer that the Lord himself gave us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. 
May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Please be seated. We sing our final hymn, My Hope is Built on Nothing Less. You'll find that in the insert that was placed into the bulletin that you received as you came in this morning. does conclude this portion of the funeral service for this morning. It continues out at the graveside. All of you are invited to attend.